Welcome to Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit with special guest Jerry Porter. That's right. This is Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit. I am back again. Uh, this is part of the Indiana Jones Week that we're doing, and I am Chris Blair with, as always, Annie McMullen. Hello! And we've got our second co-host from the Indiana Jones Minute. I'm talking about Jerry Porter. Welcome, Jerry. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, and here's the, the deal with Jerry. He has not seen the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit before. <laughs> this and is one of my favorite deals. I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, by chance, we did have you on for probably the most uncomfortable minute of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm putting that together. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's uncomfortable without being, like, violent, you know, uh, Mm. or because there is violence. But, but yeah, it's awkward. Yeah, well, I I kind of uh, gathered that in the the 59 seconds or so. So what, what is your relationship? What, what did you know about the movie going in? Anything or is this completely a blank slate? Um, as far as the movie itself, it's a blank slate. As far as where and what it was culturally, I have a, a decent uh, background on it. I mean, I remember when the movie came out. It was, I think it was, it was 1988. Yep. Maybe, yeah, 1988. And uh, it was, you know, it was a big hit. It was a new type of movie because of blending the cartoon with, uh, you know, with with uh, real people. And uh, it was considered bold, you know, very bold. Like, are you able? Can they do that? Do they do a good job with it? And then it was it has this kind of like, say, you see, you know, that that whole 30s mobster thing. And it just was one of those movies that was like. What the hell is this? Yuri, I am like, I'm shocked because you have like this very strong grasp on the cultural moment that this movie was. And mm-hmm. and you realize like there was a question, right? Can they do it? Can can they pull it off? And you you never got that question answered. <laughs> I, it, you know, it's true. I didn't. And I will, I will let you in on a little personal secret about this movie um, for me. And this is the only other thing I knew about it when it came out. It's. I always meant to see it. I just didn't. And I don't know why, because it was never like, oh, I'm not going to see that. Or that's ridiculous. It was it was like, oh, I'm going to see that probably this weekend. And then just many weekends happened where I haven't seen it. Yeah, if someone could, but, if someone could do the math on how many weekends it's been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was released, that would be great. But this was this was something that was my relationship with this movie um you know i was with my very you know uh, uh, my very first girlfriend at the time in my life i was like 16 years old and um i think i asked her at one point you know as as you do as an adolescent like well, well why do you like me you know one of those and she said it's because she says it's why Jessica Rabbit likes Roger, <laughs> and and I, and I never saw the damn movie. 
<laughs> was that not enough where you're like, I've got to see why I've, she No, I always wanted to see that. And and I, I, it was my understanding that the answer is because he makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. But that's that's all I know. I don't know if that line is said in the movie. I don't know if that line is said in a pejorative fashion. And I have to re. I mean, I'm kind of afraid to see the movie. I don't know what you know. I'd have to reevaluate my entire first love on this, depending. On <laughs> their, their Roger and Jessica Rabbit's relationship. I don't even really know what it is. I don't. I don't know how much insight we're going to get into the movie while discussing this minute. But we are going to do some pretty deep exploring into Jerry's uh, personal <laughs> romantic development. I, n- I never found out the answer. Important. So. <laughs> I do feel bad that the one minute of this you've seen so far has been Jessica cheating on Roger Rabbit. Yeah, yeah which is kind of a problem for the story I just told you. Um. <laughs> I, I want you to know that Jessica, for you, Jerry, not, I mean, I feel bad kind of spoiling. I don't, I don't want to ruin your experience with the movie or spoil any aspect of it, but I want you to know for your own personal comfort that Jessica really does love Roger and uh, was coerced into this. I, 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 I will put that somewhere in the relationship <laughs> with, of my life. <laughs> it's a, sort of a soft landing, I guess, of be- be- rather bad, uncomfortable news. <laughs> yeah, it gets better, Jerry. It gets better. <laughs> it gets better. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we are on minute 23 of the movie. Minute 23 begins with Eddie getting out his camera to take some pictures of what's going on in this window. Delicious. <laughs> yeah, it is not good what goes on in yeah. there. <laughs> no. And it ends with Roger uh, saying that he can't believe it. He won't believe it. Yeah. I know we already talked about it, but I do want to reiterate that this is, it's one of the most uncomfortable minutes in the movie. And there are several, you know, the, the shoe scene, I think is the one that lives in people's minds, but rewatching this with this minute isolated, you realize uh, how disturbing. This is. <laughs> and for Jerry, who's never seen it. It's gotta be real weird. <laughs> kind of thrown to the wolves. One of the first things I thought about it was, okay, so you, we have the detective and, you know, he's, 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 you know, taking shots through the window and that sort of thing. And I think, could you do this today? Or does, do all detectives just come with iPhones now? Yeah, I would think so. Like, <laughs> like this type of character almost doesn't exist, at least like this today. It's, it's, you either would just use the, you know, the ring at your doorbell <laughs> <laughs> to find out whatever you need or an iPhone or, you know, but th- this type of scene is the first thing you're like, oh, wow, there's like a, a private dick and he's, you know, snapping photos through the window. Yeah, I think you could only have this exist today if it takes place in the 40s. You can't have like a, a modern version of this. There's just too much. He would be filming the entire thing and it would be it'd be I- such a different scenario. I think you could do it up to like the mid nineties. Cause we had Veronica Mars's dad who was basically like this in a, in a slightly more lighthearted, you know, yeah. kind of looks like Bob Hoskins in a way. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are big Veronica marshmallows. I think they were called Veronica Mars fans, but 
uh, I watched it late in life and highly recommend you should go back and watch it and develop your own crush on Logan Eccles. Oh, I, I missed out on that one. I plan to see it next weekend, though. <laughs> <laughs> the way Marvin Acme is just begging and pleading with Jessica to play patty cake with him, it is it, it, it's, it's a weird scene to, to, to witness. Uh, Jerry has not had the benefit of seeing Marvin Acme. Actually, you don't know what he looks like, right? You haven't seen I, him at all. I don't know what he looks like. And I mean, I, I have, again, a cultural reference of what patty cake is. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I don't know what it, I mean, now I'm imagining some guy with, uh, you know, enormous hands. I don't, I don't know. Or, or like his hands extend from his crotch. I don't know what it is exactly. But okay, so I, again, I don't want to spoil it, but Marvin Acme is a regular human. He's not a tune. Uh, and I am... I am very, I'm, I'm an extremist, right? Like I'm one or the other and I'm very anti-Marvin Acme. I think he's creepy. I think he's gross. He's this weird old man wearing a horrible suit and uh, he feels his vibes are very lecherous to me, which I think you get from this scene pretty clearly. Um, and he has trouble with boundaries. Like earlier we saw him, uh, he, you know, he's Marvin Acme, right? So he's got joke stuff and we hear it mentioned here that he has the hand buzzer, um, he earlier squirts disappearing ink on, is it on Eddie? It's on Eddie, right? Yep. Um, like, and Eddie's a stranger. Eddie just walks into a bar and, and Marvin Acme, you know, covers him in disappearing ink and thinks it's hilarious. Like, he's just like a weird, big toddler, but like, it's not cute because he's 70. It's, it's rough. Mm, yeah. And uh, this this is going to spoil the uh, the next minute, but we do see that they are literally playing patty cake in this scene, mm. which raises a lot of questions for me too. Uh, what does so Marvin Acme is a human? I can't understand what this is doing for him. Hmm. Well, at what point does patty cake become? Uh, salacious I, I think it's right here in this minute yeah you think <laughs> right here yeah i don't i, I mean when, when is uh, you think okay i mean i don't you said you said he's a he's a you know he's a line jumper he crosses lines all the time no boundaries i i i don't know i mean i'd like to test it out in the world maybe ask some people to play patty cake and see if that's just sort of <laughs> near you on a scale of one to ten right now <laughs> that's, that's the survey <laughs> well it could be filed under whimsical you know or uh i don't know puerile but not uh, hopefully not penile the but <laughs> like the whatever the the graph where like whimsical and horny intersect that that's a neighborhood i don't want to be in probably, you know what it probably intersects it you know the nexus is probably a movie about you know real characters who want to stop cartoons <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i think you're right yeah real real humans who want to <laughs> that's Marvin Acme gives off those vibes so hard. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's some sort of line where, if you know, the uh, person's husband would be crushed by the fact that you played patty cake with them. I think there's some sort of line, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're stepping over. Here's oh, I think that it, I mean, like, not to get too heavy with it, right? But but like, I could totally see 
Well, I think a lot of men don't really see women as whole people, you know, not all men, obviously, but like, I think that that's like a, a it's, it's a real phenomenon, you know? So are, in, are we talking about real women or cartoon I'm talking women? about in, in actual America right now, okay. um, <laughs> but uh, uh, it's interesting to think about, right? Like, okay. So if Marvin maybe like doesn't respect Roger as a whole person, cause he's a tune, then like, what's the ethics of him wanting to have a sexual relationship with also a tune right um like is he is he viewing jessica as a sex object like on multiple levels because he's not considering her a you know a person uh whether that person's a tune or a human or whatever like does she have agency can she consent you know like because kind of any logic that you can apply to jessica you should apply to roger too in the boundaries of and sanctity of like their marriage so it's fascinating and also uh marvin acne's horrible <laughs> well do you think if roger was not a tune that this is a line that that acne wouldn't have crossed over or do you think if Roger was not a rabbit, he, he was a humanoid tune? There's, there's, I guess, a lot of, uh, of whatabouts, but it's... Martin Hackney is uh, the old 1947 Elon Musk of his time. So <laughs> uh, he's sort of equally rich. He operates in this weird, you know, space where he's allowed to do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> well so did let me ask you this did so did jessica rabbit then take on the last name rabbit yes yeah i yeah. got married yeah That's, so so what's her maiden name oh i don't think we get to that we're gonna have to ask gary k wolf yeah uh the the writer so a guy the named book. gary k wolf uh, <laughs> well he he wrote he, a, what is he <laughs> He wrote the book that uh, the movie was based off of. Okay. Yeah. Is it? Is he, he real? Yeah, yeah, he's real. He, oh, he's real. He's not a wolf. <laughs> yeah, we've had him on the <laughs> We've had him on the podcast. He um, he is the person we consult about any matters of canon. Okay. All right. Uh, that's good. And yeah, yeah, I feel like, and you guys, all right, you're not, you're not, you guys aren't crossing over into this weird realm of <laughs> make sure it's not a toon wolf or something. All right. I, I'm not too sure now. Cause that, like in, in the movie, we do have someone who poses as a real life human who's actually a cartoon character. So I'm all these sorts of questions about Gary K. Wolf are raised in my brain right now. It's for, for I, mean, look, I, I just jumped into this. <laughs> I also, I just want to point out for listeners, because you guys were on Zoom, so I can see Chris. You guys can't see Chris right now. We've done a decent number of episodes of this. I don't think I've ever seen Chris quite as shook as I <laughs> just saw him right now uh, at the revelation that Gary K. Wolf's last name is Wolf, and that he might actually have some, like, weird connection to being a toon. He might be a cartoon wolf. I mean, he put it right out there. It's been, he's been telling us the entire time, and we've just spun right over our heads. Chris's world has been changed. <laughs> well, we'll get to the bottom of this next time he comes on. <laughs> he's great and he has p.s i think that's the reason we're always like we should ask gary is because he he has all of 
the answers. Like he, he has thought about all of this stuff so deeply. That's, I mean, that's great that w- whatever he may be, it's great that you have a well to go to, <laughs> especially when doing mi- movies a minute at a time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't even matter if he's a wolf or a human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do wonder, like, would, would Marvin Acme be as in to Jessica if she was a rabbit? Like, if you're into tunes, are you just into tunes across the board? Or there's some people who are like, no, I'm into tunes, but only if they look human. But a tune a tune rabbit that's just nasty well i think we need to have a discussion right now between the three of us about whether or not you have ever had a crush on a tune okay was that tune anthropomorphic or animal (laughs) (laughs) all right well we do know my answer to this question let's let's hear it again chris (laughs) all right uh for the record uh because this has already uh been on the on the record, I used to have a passionate crush on Minnie Mouse when I was a kid, who is both a toon and an animal. <laughs> you went the you went the whole distance on it. <laughs> I went all the way, uh, mm. but uh, to my defense, she is also uh, a, a kind of real at, at Disneyland. She uh, she's well, at least three dimensional. Okay, I mean she's bipedal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So that, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Jerry. That, that does help. Yeah. Well, um, you know what? Honestly, that is a that's a hard boundary for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to say that if it's because like, a lot of people are really into Simba in my generation. Like, apparently, mm. Simba was like a very big sexual awakening for girls who were about my age. I can't wrap my head around that at all. That yeah, I just no want to say, kind of weird, kind of weird. <laughs> not to be all judgmental but so you know what now i know now bipedal is a that's a deal breaker for me <laughs> <laughs> at least in tunes mm-hmm. yeah say that about I, so was this sort of like a i guess america's foray into like i don't know hente or something <laughs> <laughs> is that like i i don't know it's a touch yeah it's a, t- it's a touch uh, it's, believe- it's, a, it's a different dressing on it i guess yeah but you're, I think, uh, for the rare listener who is listening to this, who hasn't watched the movie or doesn't, doesn't remember this part, uh, there is a, there's a climax that you can hear. Oh, it's yes. Like, um, it's like when Harry met Sally, kind of, uh, except that it's Marvin Acne's voice. And he just is going, patty cake, patty cake. <laughs> <laughs> It's beyond creepy. So yeah. if if we're going with the, I guess what they're throwing out that patty cake is equivalent to sex. I guess this would be like if a man in the middle of it was saying intercourse. Intercourse. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's much more salacious than intercourse. Really? Well, I know <laughs> just the way he's saying it and the fact mm. that you're not like intercourse. If you said that over and over it, there's something sort of sterile about that. Oh, the yeah. patty cake. You're like, dude, this is some, you know, some gutter shit. <laughs> <laughs> you think oh. this is like some like uh, rule uh, 34 type stuff right here where like people people are going deep into the Internet to find this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Listen, we have a long-standing policy on this podcast of not kink shaming, but we're breaking that policy today. 
if your kink is patty cake, please let us know. Uh, right. we'll, uh, Help us understand. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's filthy. This this minute is filthy. And um, upon rewatching, uh, again, I, I I feel like my kink is Bob Hoskins acting ability <laughs> because, <laughs> because I don't think there's anything I've ever been more horny for frankly uh, <laughs> watching it, this almost this entire scene is just watching Bob Hoskins look through a window and the emotional journey that he takes us on is incredible because he goes like I I was watching it just now being like what is he showing me right now is that disgust is he into it is he horny but he he runs through this range of like it's you realize when he changes his facial expression a little bit no he's just shocked he stops taking photos in a subsequent minute we see the photos so this must go on for a while because he's not actually taking photos of of this initial climax uh and we know that that is captured uh later it's it's incredible. Bob Hoskins is a is a genius. R.I.P. Does this uh, does this extend to all of Bob Hoskins movies, Annie? Like, if, <laughs> if you watch Mister Smee, I haven't uh, seen it. I'm maybe I'm afraid. I'm afraid to watch more Bob Hoskins because uh, <laughs> because I'm too deep in. I'm too deep in already, and if I go any further, I don't know if I can get out. Oh, well, we've got some Patreon episodes now here. <laughs> Listen, I don't. That might be OnlyFans. I don't know if we can. <laughs> Patreon appropriate. (laughs) You know, I'll say this. You know, watching 59 seconds of this movie, (laughs) I I mean, I did not get turned on, but I was aware. I was like, damn, Bob Hoskins is incredible. He's just Mm -hmm. this whole scene. I I mean, the the whole minute, like even later in the minute where he kind of like the look he gives when Roger sneezes or, you know, blows his note. You're just like, damn, that guy's like that guy's incredible he's incredible incredible yeah Yeah. he just really owns it like that his face tells the entire story about what's going on that's one of the first things i noticed watching 59 seconds (laughs) you you know i want to make it to the last second well, I, I guess I say that because I assume that it's I, I probably watch 60. Yeah, but <laughs> I guess I always assume it's 59 and I've been pro- you probably blinked. So, yeah, one of the great tragedies of our time is that uh, Bob Hoskins w- was not alive and active uh, during the time when fan- groups of fans got names because mm. I don't know what we would call ourselves. You know the like hardcore Bob Hoskins stands, but I want a name for that. <laughs> I want to be able to identify with a group of other people who are as into Bob Hoskins as I am. <laughs> Hoskophiles. I don't know. That doesn't really have like a nice ring to it, but there's got to be something, you know. Yeah. Well, this is a good. Uh, this is a good uh, hypothetical. Oh my god, say. we're Hotskins. That's what we yeah. are. <laughs> Hotskins. Yeah. <laughs> My fellow Hotskins, find me. We're there. There are more of us. I promise. Yeah, yeah. Only those into uh, uh, bipedal Hoskins, though. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I I do like this transition a lot here, where it's Marvin Acme just uh, uh, grossly saying patty cake over and over again to Roger saying it in tears. Almost sounds identical. I can't even pinpoint where that transition oh, is between we'll watch Chef's Kiss. Perfect. It's, it's yeah, the great great moment. Who who made this movie? They were good. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you know. What I do know about this movie is, you know, everybody likes it. A, well, except for my sister, <laughs> Professor Christy Porter from uh, you. You may, you know. Yeah. Wait, would she I, be willing to come on? Because we want somebody who doesn't like it to come on so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'll lobby her and see what she says. I, you know, I for I don't think she liked it. I'm not entirely sure why, but she's the outlier. I mean, everybody else like. When we were talking about it at the time, it's like, is this going to work? What's it like? That sounds kind of weird. Everybody's like, no, it's really good. They're like, you know, it's it's different, but it's a great movie. And then I was talking to people recently, you know, since you guys sent me the invitation, and I didn't, there's nary a bad thing about this movie uh, was said. So, you know, I mean, it, it, they, they did it and then some. It was a blockbuster at the time, and it seems to have, weathered well as well well you know i was such a fan of your sister when she would call into uh to your podcast and give her comments and when she was on the show and what a way to just turn me against her in one second <laughs> <laughs> yeah she'll give you whiplash <laughs> all no, that good faith you know jerry when you said you haven't seen it like there's not that many movies that are you know, sort of cult classics or like you can, you have a lot of nostalgia and then nostalgia is like a necessary part of you watching it, right? Like I have a niece and nephew who are little and pretty frequently I like, we show them an old movie that we liked and we were like, eh, this maybe doesn't, this maybe doesn't hold up, but like the nostalgia is <laughs> like important, right? This, because uh, I hadn't watched it for a while before we started and I rewatched it and I was like, the whole thing really holds up. It's still a really good movie. There's a couple of tiny moments where we're like, eh, it's questionable, but for a movie that was made in 1988, there's surprisingly little of it. Uh, and it's, and it's just really well done. It's a good movie. Well, even just watch, I mean, watching Roger jump off the, the blinds, right? And and he comes over and he slams his head against the desk and he sneezes. You're like, I mean, dude, this looks better than, you know, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, it's like watching the cartoon interact with the, the real people. You're like, I, I mean, it it looks fantastic to me, you know. What year was Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull made? Like 2008. Mm, that's why uh. it's too, it's, you're into the. You're into the like, hey, let's not use practical effects. Let's get, let's, let's have get a bunch really of bad CGI. Okay, you know, I'm going to tell you one of the weirdest things about that movie that we discovered watching it a minute at a time. It is always like, you know, 5.30 a.m. or 5.30 p.m. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like they do have a, a few mm -hmm. shots that are at night or whatever, but you're like, it, it is the golden hour Throughout however long the movie takes, there's no passage of time. And it's 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 disorienting. You're like, is this I guess it like is this a weekend? Or is it a week? Or it, it's just always five thirty on the clock. 
Yeah, that's interesting because even in this minute, uh, I'm just noticing that since you brought it up, we have an earlier minute that is also in this set in this office and it's daytime. It, you know, we know it's daytime because um, Eddie comes in from outside and then also the blinds. RK Maroon's office is luxurious and has many windows so we can see the outside. And in this minute, it's night. So like they've like like Eddie must have come straight from his uh, in studio apartment dark room uh right here and they're letting uh letting them know which is it's you know i mean that takes additional production right like they had to set it up on a different at a different time and light it differently and whatever so it was clearly like an intentional choice and yeah it does make makes for a better movie to do you know it's a subtle thing that i i suppose the the audience wouldn't necessarily think about it unless you got it wrong (laughs) <laughs> yeah. which, which is what we noted yeah. i mean everything in crystal skull it's it like happens in the middle of like a a jungle thomas kincaid painting <laughs> or something it's just <laughs> or like during what it like the, the american school of painting of jungle light <laughs> yeah it's just it, it's like it's it's noticeable and if i noticed it that's probably, you know, that's a problem because I'm not, I didn't go to film school. I'm not even thinking about that. I'm happy if I see a leather jacket and <laughs> a bad guy whose face melts. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a pretty, you know, just run of the mill movie watcher. I'm with you. I, if I notice things about a movie, like this is different because I intentionally watch it one minute at a time to notice things. But if I notice things, your movie is bad. Or something's mm. bad, or the acting's bad, or something in that moment is bad. You right. know, it's, it's um, supposed to be seamless, not something that's like jarring. Right, because right. mostly right. I'm a not I'm a not noticer. I I really want to get like lost and immersed in the story and what's happening. And so if I'm not, it's because something's not going well. Well, I was so excited for Crystal Skull and. Within the first like minute or so of the movie, <laughs> when I saw that CG hedgehog or whatever that was i my reaction was just oh no have i not seen this movie there's a cg hedgehog what's happening now it's 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 true and it's really really hard because ever since that you know you see that and if you're doing the movie a minute at a time you know you're just you're just crawling out of that hole the entire film you know you're like how do you you can't really explain that away you, you wonder if, you know, Lucas and Spielberg, you're like, do you, have you guys watched your movies? <laughs> I don't, I mean, because the thing, the hedgehog, I think it's a prairie dog or whatever. And I, I it, it's like, it comes out a little bit like Caddyshack or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, the, you, know, you know, like it, I talk about like a, a, a tune interacting with real people. <laughs> I mean, it's not that far from Roger Rabbit. You know, it's like it comes out and it's like, you know, hey, son, I like the hat. <laughs> you know, it's just like, what are we doing? I would like the ending so much better if instead of a bunch of aliens coming out, it was a whole bunch of cartoon gophers that come out. Hedgehog. Hedgehog. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hedgehog. <laughs> we don't even know. Prairie dog. Hedgehogs. <laughs> I don't know. You know, so what I love about Raiders, we talk about on the show, there's a grittiness to it. Mm-hmm. There's something that's kind of dark. I mean, the ending, you know, I hope I hope most people see Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't want to give much away, but 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 the ending is like ominous and dark and respectful, and it leaves you uh, with very mixed emotions. 
Um, and it's not just a hooray, you know, it's, I, I don't know. It raises some serious things in the government and, you know, all sorts of, you know, that, that this, this, like the greatest weapon of mass destruction and it's uh, 2,800 years old or whatever, you know, I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's ominous. We, yeah. we, I was talking about this earlier with uh, my sister because like even kids, we talk a lot about whether this is a kid's movie um, and you wouldn't know whether it's a kid's movie having watching, watched only this very porny minute. Uh, but, you know, there was a lot of questions about whether or not it was a kid's movie. I'd say it's not a kid's movie. It's not, it's not a kid's movie. But that didn't stop all of our parents from sending us to see it mm-hmm. uh, because True. they were confused. I, my, my parents knew better. That's why I didn't see it. They said, we'll take it to you next weekend. Son. <laughs> next weekend, next weekend. But, uh, but you know, uh, I think there's, it's pretty well documented that sort of the standards for what was appropriate and what was PG-13 and have changed pretty dramatically. We've gotten a little bit more like puritanical about all of that stuff. And, um, you know, one of the movies that I loved growing up and it was also like truly devastating was My Girl. Like if you see any reminder of that scene where she's standing over Macaulay Culkin's coffin and saying, where's his glasses he doesn't have his glasses he can't see like i i might start crying like it's it was so but but the thing is like even for little kids real life exists and it happens and they deal with hard stuff and i feel like nowadays we want everything to be like pretty simple and straightforward and uh that's why action movies are action movies and the characters don't necessarily have any kind of emotional arc or there isn't anything that's difficult to reconcile so i agree with you i think it would be the movies where they do actually attempt that stuff is indiana jones you know indiana jones is a is an interesting and complex character he's you know when belloc calls him out and raises lost ark he says you're a shadowy reflection of me and you know it would just take one nudge to make you like me and you know indy says now you're getting nasty and you're like hey indy i'm sorry to tell you this but he's kind of right <laughs> he's got a yeah. point i mean you're stealing the chachapoyan idol at the beginning of the movie from a temple you know that has congregants right there the the Hovitos. yeah and indy will straight up murder people too he does not yeah. care no and also you're like you're stealing the idol from like what what it, for all intents and purposes is 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 a working temple like to go put this in a museum in america like it's just and then in temple of doom he says famously to short round who's what to 10 or 12 he says fortune and glory kid fortune and glory and you're kind of like, all right, so he ain't even tied. He's not even talking about museums and archaeology. He's, I mean, he's a click away from like a, a Spanish conquistador, <laughs> you know, coming over and, you know, shaking the earth for gold. <laughs> so he, he's, we love him, but there's a dark side to him for sure. He's very much a lone wolf. Like, I mean, who's Indy's friend? Marcus? Yeah, Marcus it's and kinda, it's uh, like Sala. It, yeah, but but even with Sala, if you watch the scene, you know, where he says goodbye, you know, he's, Indy says to him, you're my good friend. And he walks away and you're like, damn, dude, really? Like, just you're my good friend? I mean, it's actually, it's, it's, it's kind of poignant, but in another way, you're like, is that the best he can say is like, I love you? 
He just, you're my good friend. And he like walks away. Listen, primarily Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford by, you know, the extension is hot. And there is nothing more attractive to the American public than an emotionally unavailable hot dude. <laughs> so that checks out for me. That's Who's also bipedal. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, speaking of uh characters so i know in this 59 seconds you watched you probably got maybe like 15 seconds of rk maroon the uh the producer here what are your thoughts on this guy from those 15 seconds of him that you got to see him i you know i he he he's very well done and he's well drawn I don't mean cartoonish wise. I mean, as a character in the 15 seconds that I see him, I I go, oh, yeah, I know this guy. I haven't watched this movie, but I know this character. I know Mm -hmm. this archetype. He's 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 um, he's relatable, even though it's not my era. Right. What, What archetype is it? Because I feel like he's different in this minute than he is. If you know all the minutes. I want to know what vibe he's giving. Yeah, let me. You know what? I should. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna check it out again for a second here. Give me a second. I want to see it because I I want to hone in on it. All right. Here's my take on him. I have no idea who he is. I don't know what he's doing in the movie, but he's a little bit of that. You know, film noir, hard bitten, 1930s, 40s, like. I'm going to, you know, I don't know, a little bit like the detective or the cop where he's like, he's like, look, I'm going to tell you how it is. And it's, you know, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, you know, you're not the first, you know, you're not the first, whatever he says, rabbit that <laughs> the wife's played patty cake, on, you know, uh, with somebody else. And, and you're like, but while he does that, he also pulls out the handkerchief and gives him you know, let, let, let's uh, Roger use it. And which is a very personal thing to do. Right. I mean, that's his, that's his own handkerchief. So I I assume he's, I hope he's going to wash that when he goes home. Um, There's compassion in there. He's hard bitten and yet he's compassionate. Um, And then he's also disgusted when he gets the handkerchief back. I wonder how much, how similar a cartoon character's mucus is to a human's mucus. Honestly, I think that might have a lot to do with their sex appeal. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I watched a ton of Bugs Bunny and he, he strikes me as some of the characters out of Bugs Bunny, like a little bit like there was like Bugsy, like I I think it was like Bugs and like the, the, you know, there's the, you know, there's the, the, the classic, uh, He's like the classic mobster that Bugs Bunny's up against. And he's like, you know, he, you know, he's he's like, uh, well, rabbit, you see, you know, that guy. And and I, it's he's this guy maybe lives next door to that guy. <laughs> they hang out yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 They, they go to this. They, they go to the same fish fry. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, do we have anything else for this particular minute? No, I mean, I think like we, we covered a lot of ground here and I think like unique and interesting ground because Jerry hasn't seen the, um, the minute, but, uh, we, we didn't spend a massive amount of time on how 
horny and gross the actual patty caking is mm. uh it's really bad and gross and awful I, I want to listen to it again and see like is oh do you Andy <laughs> I don't I, okay here's the thing I want the answer to this question without having to listen to it again how about that um uh is Jessica faking it? Because in my recollection of watching it earlier, uh, it definitely sounds like uh, Marvin Acne is, he's climaxing. That's clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we're seeing sure. a clear escalation uh, in the, the tone and tenor in which he says, patty cake. Uh, but it, Jessica kind of doesn't seem she seems to be phoning it in which checks out with with what the actual story is but i want to i want to know what she got out of it really physically i think nothing yeah Yeah. it's 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 hard to tell i guess i would need to hear maybe jessica play patty cake with roger and then see if for contrast yeah Yeah. listen yeah we don't we don't want that we just need it for science (laughs) (laughs) yeah science (laughs) Well, that is a great segue into everyone's <laughs> favorite segment of the show. Of course, I am talking about Hypothetical Thursday. Hypothetical Thursday, join it on the fun. Hypothetical Thursday is where I pose a question. Uh, and on the Facebook group, Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit listeners, you can answer it. And we'll read some of our favorite answers next week. Last week, I asked the question, have you ever had a crush on a cartoon character? Oh, we know my answer. From the comments, Michael says, Demona. David says, Scarlet from G.I. Joe. Both awesome choices. And then Jeff has posted uh, the meme with Garth saying, did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he put on a dress and play a girl bunny? And I gotta say, a little bit. The question this week is, so we know this is some sort of sex comparison. This is sex for tunes in some sort of way, plain patty cake. My question is, what base is it? And <laughs> if that's true, what is one of the other bases? Mm. This is this is all Jerry. Jerry's got to go first on this. <laughs> well, that's... Uh, well, first... Is patty cake something that you could play by yourself? Oh, uh, I guess theoretically you could just clap. If, if it, which would probably feel about as good as other things you do by yourself versus doing them with someone else. Yeah, it would um, be equivalent. Something's missing. I don't know what patty cake you guys are playing, but it doesn't feel like masturbating to me. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, I don't know. Some people are, you know... I guess into certain senses are stronger than others. Maybe he's very tactile. This Marvin Acme, which oh yeah, that oh that opens a can of worms. Yeah, that would. <laughs> with what I, I, about Marvin already? <laughs> what are those buzzers doing? What I, are you doing with that inky squirting on everyone? There's a lot. Oh, I yes. guess I'd say patty cake. In real life, patty cake is a bunt, <laughs> and you're running as fast as you can to first base. <laughs> and you're hoping that the the pitcher will overthrow first base and once that happens you know if you get to the you get on base and there's an overthrow anything is possible you can wind up getting a triple or maybe an in-park home run 
I in don't real know. life, yeah. what is the sexual equivalent of a bunt? <laughs> <laughs> That's my question. Um, I think a, a bunt is done in certain situations strategically. <laughs> So you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the team. You're do- always doing a bunt for the team. Yes, but but the same, the end result is you're trying to score. Okay. Mm. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's his version of patty cake. Since I'm not looking through the window, I would put it around third base. Got it. Yeah. 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 All right. I put it around third base. I, I, I I can't explain why, but that's what my gut is telling me. (laughs) Do you have, do you have any insight into what the other bases are in this particular measurement system? I think cake is third base. uh, Yeah. I think, I think second base would be leapfrog. I think <laughs> one where, the one where you like jump your butt and genitals directly over someone else's head. <laughs> yes. Like yes. Because you still are going over patty cake involves actual touching okay. and pressing. All right. You know, leapfrog. The point is you're supposed to clear the person's backside. Yeah. Now there may, there may be some underachievers who, you know, um, drag their parts along the backside. <laughs> But <laughs> quote underachievers. I think this is sound logic. I, c- I can't argue with the logic. Yeah. First base, <laughs> first base would be like, you know, kind of like, uh, sort of like a playful thumb wrestle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play, like like thumb wrestling, where your hands are locked, but but. There's very little that's touching at that point. It's, it's a thumb. I agree. Thumb wrestle is gateway horny. Yeah, 100%. yeah. Thumb wrestle is gateway horny, and yeah. and there's there's a lot of energy in that grip. <laughs> yeah, and and what's tough about thumb wrestling is there's so much energy in there. You might stiffen up, so to speak, <laughs> and if you, you know that will you may very you know with without the flexibility, your thumb you know you're kind of on the ropes. You can't bob and weave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, perfect interpretation. No notes. <laughs> yeah. Although although leapfrog is one further than first base and there's less touching in theory, it, it does involve the whole body. Yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah. And it's it it calls to mind certain positions. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, be honest. Have you have you thought about this before? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my video's <laughs> off right now. I've been pancaking the whole minute. <laughs> right. we'll, we'll let you plug your uh, your OnlyFans video at the end. <laughs> Chris, what about what about you? Oh, uh, I feel my answer is nowhere. Uh, I know Felix. I this can answer in a yeah. way that will stand up to this. <laughs> I was uh, I was thinking along the lines of uh, of um, is there a name for it? Like. Staring contest, like a staring contest yeah. oh, might yeah, yeah. be like, uh, might be first base, but there's no touching in that. So I do feel yeah. it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit light. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, when I, my first question, cause I tend to be a little like literal and pedantic is, um, I don't know what the bases in real life mean, like amongst humans, <laughs> like, like, 
I assume, I think I always assumed like uh, penetrative sex was a fourth thing. That, that, that's home run. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, is that yeah. commonly accepted? Yeah. Because it yeah. feels like there's this whole realm beyond and like, what bases are those? Oh, you know, right. do we have to change the scale? Is there half bases? Well, I'm very I, caught up in that. So I, I, I believe in uh, uh, listeners, please uh, send me emails if I'm wrong, but uh, <laughs> kissing, I believe, is first base. Uh, above the belt is second base and below the belt is third base. Oh, OK. OK. All right. You know, from the Midwestern slumber parties I went to <laughs> that I was told that kissing was first base, making out was second base. Now, oh. I, honestly. Hearing your interpretation, I think you are correct. Now, granted, you you're in the the Bay Area, so things mm -hmm. are a little yeah, you know, fast really, and loose. Yeah, it's rather <laughs> libertine. <laughs> Bunch of libertines up there, but I I now think that making out would be just leading off first base. And I, I, I mean, yeah, downright yeah. pedestrian. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Second base would would be above you know and third bases i guess what we were taught was heavy petting which of course is such a strange term especially when heavy you're petting. in catholic school you know yeah. what doesn't it make it, a lot more sense it, now what is heavy petting yeah that I, now I, that there's a rabbit involved <laughs> yeah i just like you're like you know in, in a i mean this is just making everything weirder <laughs> <laughs> like it would have been like 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 spirits all call it finger fucking or something. Yeah, just, yeah. I feel like heavy petting is even stranger. <laughs> yeah, it's a very strange term. I I don't yeah. quite know where where the petting is going. What part of the body is being pet? I think it's just a. It's just feels uh like prettier to say than like dry humping. Mm. You know, or yeah, like you were saying, like finger fucking. Like nobody wants to say those words. I'm uncomfortable saying them now. <laughs> yeah, say, but I mean, I mean, and I say questionable things by the minute. I th I think what's like if you okay, so <sighs> finger fucking sounds just like right down the middle, and you go, oh, that's the, come on, that's a little vulgar. Let's not do that on our podcast. But heavy petting sounds like this Marvin Acne guy. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what that is, but it's kind of, it's one beyond, you know, it's on beyond zebra. He, as he Dr. Seuss said. That regularly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's his main request for sure. I'm with yeah. you. That's and, if, and if you're petting it, <laughs> I'm kind of, you know, is it a long stroke or is it the thing that you do with your cat behind the ear? <laughs> and to, to oh. clarify, did Dr. Seuss say something about heavy petting? <laughs> God, I, you know what? I don't. <laughs> I, hope not. I, was, I was just using. I frequently use the title of one of my favorite books of his, which was On Beyond Zebra, meaning it, it's further than what we can imagine. <laughs> it's, it's, it's stranger or more bizarre or, or, or just out of bounds. I don't know. I just always like the name. You, of the you heard it here first, uh, folks. Uh, Dr. Seuss. Uh, you think he was writing children's books, but it was actually just Toon Kama Sutra. I'm <laughs> <laughs> beyond heavy petting zebras. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anyways, my answer uh, for this question is that um, if I have to think about it seriously and like apply my own logical framework to it, we know that tunes are 
or at least we believe that tunes are compelled to, they have a bit and they have to do the thing that's funny. Um, apparently they, that makes, that's erotic for them. <laughs> and like, so I think, uh, we don't think patty cake's funny, but it's kind of like a fun game. So like, what are the, what are the third and second first base extensions of that? Um, I don't really know. I've never had uh, fun that was quite that lame. So I'm not sure, but I think it's got to be something in that same realm, right? Like, what's the, like, compulsive fun? Uh, maybe it involves touching, maybe it doesn't. Who knows? But it's probably, I, I think Jerry's right that it's probably other kinds of, like, weird kids games, which just adds this really creepy, inappropriate vibe to all of it. That's upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, I'm kind of curious what Red Rover is, but. Oh, no, 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 no. I think that's Amy. <laughs> right. Well, I, listeners, I guess we would like to hear your answers. We'll read them on the podcast. To We're our, not going to uh, like to hear them, but no. we are obligated and we will, we will listen. We've committed to this <laughs> and we will follow through. So that has been Hypothetical Thursday. Hypothetical Thursday, join it on the fun. Um, Jerry, I would love it if one of these weekends you eventually get to watch this movie and you come back <laughs> and shared your thoughts. Yeah, I, you know, I would, uh, I, I am, you know, uh, my interest is peaked after the 59 and a half seconds I've watched. So... <laughs> Well, you know, we'll, we'll see what the weekend uh, has in store. I also, I want to know, so watch it with the thought of, is there a different 59 seconds that would have gotten you to the movie sooner? Oh, you know, yeah. Think like, hey, this is the minute that really that hooked me. <laughs> this was the minute. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because then we can, you know, we could put that minute out into the universe to, <laughs> to draw more people to this wonderful work of cinema. And no judgment if this is your favorite 59 and a half seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, a tiny, a little bit of judgment. <laughs> this is a really hard one because I want to just always nominate Bob Hoskins' face. Sometimes I try and break his face up into different parts so that I can spread out the love and it's not the same MVP every minute. <laughs> this is a really, this is a tough one. And I, it's, I don't think I can, okay. Nope. You know what? I don't know who the actor who played Marvin Acme is off the top of my head because I've chosen not to know that. His fake orgasm. Perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. So that's I'm going to yeah. give it to that. I'm going to give yeah. it to Marvin Acme's uh, orgasmic performance. I'm not happy with the choice, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's not something I wanted to do. But it, uh, but it needed to be done. So, you know, higher duty. <laughs> uh, on that note, on uh, now that we're all thinking about Marvin Acme's uh, patty cake orgasm, uh, <laughs> that has been it for minute twenty three. Thank you so much for joining us, Jerry. No, it's it's uh, it's been my uh, uh, pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that word suddenly has a new meaning. <laughs> you would say this doing this podcast was a little bit like playing patty cake. <laughs> yeah, 
Maybe don't a little, really, little uh, yeah. leapfrog. Well, uh, yeah, a little, uh, you don't really know what you're getting into, but you you go forth. <laughs> we're actually we're changing the podcast name to Roger Rabbit's Hente Minute. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you, at, Jerry? Uh, when I'm not on OnlyFans, uh, <laughs> I am uh, one of the uh, hosts of the Indiana Jones Minute. Uh, to indianajonesminute.com. You can find us on Facebook and the Indiana Jones Minute Listeners Crusade. We do uh, uh, what you guys are doing here in terms of uh, we go through all the Indiana Jones movies one minute at a time um, to various uh, orgasmic, uh, you know, uh, highs and, um, you know, d- d- disappointing <laughs> and difficult lows. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, maybe you know what? Maybe I don't want to watch the crystal stall and <laughs> let skull and let my imagination fill in the blank. Go, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a you know the whole, doing these types of shows. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, play that it is. Do you think now after watching Crystal Skull and doing a podcast one minute at a time, now you won't forget about it? See, that's what's so strange about the Bermuda Triangle. It's like, <laughs> no, I I will forget about it. It's just, <laughs> It it has this ineluctable quality of just it. Ironically, it's like the Crystal Skull seems to sort of mess with people's minds in the movie, and it, watching the movie seems to mess with your mind in, in terms of your memory. <laughs> Maybe it's the greatest movie ever made. I. I, you, you can find out this weekend. So uh, hopefully you'll come and listen to this podcast again. We'll we'll be back every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We are a Dueling Genre podcast. Go check out all of their podcasts on DuelingGenre.com. Click on the link to support. And we will be back on Friday with another Indiana Jones co-host for Minute 24 of Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit's.